0: No purchase necessary. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, guys? It's Tommy from Tommy's podcast. Do you have a podcast? Do you want it censored? Then go to YouTube, go to Reddit, go to iTunes. If you don't want it censored, go to Spotify or Rumble. But Spotify pays me more than Rumble, so I'm going to record this ad for them. You can upload it, trust me, whether you got a crappy podcast on a, on a MacBook above your parents' garage and it's echoing and everyone can hear the despair and desperation in every syllable you try to eke out without wanting to cry or whether your podcast starts to actually make a couple shekels and you got a cool apartment and an air conditioner that works most of the time, use Spotify. Use Spotify for Podcasters. Yeah, you'll start off getting a couple pennies, but I'm several years into it now and I've made I don't know, I think about a thousand bucks. It's better than nothing. It's better than working at a liquor store with people you hate, with customers you hate, and a boss that hates you. So join Spotify for podcasters and you'll actually start making money. It's worked some it's worked for me. I'm really tired. Recording. It's a solo rant. Something about some of these lights I have that always make my lips look just a little blue and I'm always kind of worried that I'm like ODing and then the rational part of my brain comes in and goes but you're not you're not doing any drugs and uh so I always have these like sl- Oops. I always have these like slight fears that I'm I'm ODing I'm like oh it's a big one and it's like I have never done opiates or anything so that's not true not anything but uh solo rant time so <clears throat> um uh is my microphone standing wet it is um so i i love annie jacobson and i love all of her her books i love her voice she's sexy um but i really love her works i mean i've li- listened to operation paperclip so many times Uh, Area 51, I've listened to a couple times. I've listened to Surprise, Kill, Vanish, I think twice. Uh, First Platoon, I'll listen to that back in... Earlier this year, like March, April. Very good. Uh, DARPA, I've listened to DARPA a couple times. What are all our books? Operation Paperclip, listen to that. DARPA, The Pentagon's Brain. Area 51, Surprise, Kill, Vanish. First Platoon. And and, And then phenomena which I have started on two or three occasions and it just never it never really I don't know it never really like took off with me I'd start it and it was eh and I'd start it again and it was eh like every time it was like six months to a year apart and what I have found with audiobooks is you either there's like two tactics you just bulldoze through it and I've, I did that with uh, the arms of Krupp which was like a 40-hour audiobook about the history of that the German arms manufacturer Krupp, K-R-U-P-P, or as they say, Krupp, Kruppiana. And that's just one I wanted. I just wanted the information in my head. Like Dr. Merrill Nass said in the first podcast we did together. I don't always enjoy what I'm reading, but I want the information in my head. And that that that's definitely stuck with me. Like some mornings you really want to go to the gym. Other mornings, it's like, hey man, like I don't want to do this, but I do want the muscle mass, I do want the cardiovascular health, so that that's definitely that's definitely helped with you know taking down books that maybe I don't love is I mean like I, I want the information in my head, um, and and that's kind of like a a problem I've had before is listening to books, and unless I'm, like, truly loving every second of it, I'll just stop listening to it, because it's obviously not for schoolwork. can't hit this microphone how I want it. How do I want it? I don't know. How can I have it how I want it when I don't even know how I want it? Um, but now I feel like it's right in my face. I can't fucking make up my mind today. Oh, shit. Nope, now it's coming off the table. No, no, this is a professional production here. TBC Studios. Um, so that is. This is really driving me fucking. Great. Some days it's fine, and I don't. And it's been the perfect spot for days in a row. And then there are some days where I cannot stop fucking with it. Um. But. Um. Yeah. So with some books. I've, I've realized, like, hey, just because you don't like it doesn't mean you should. Now, if you start from the get-go and it's just a sh- complete shit show and you just don't like it narrator sucks, whatever, yeah, sure, back out of it. But, you know, if it's an interesting topic and if there's not another book on it, well, then you kind of got to bulldoze through it. And so <clears throat> kind of taking that mindset back to phenomena, I was like, I I want this information in my head. Because the idea seemed a little kind of woo, you know, a little more out there. And like, I don't, I don't listen to fiction books because i like having, I like having like real world historical data in my head, because the more you learn about the world, the more easily you can navigate through it and kind of forecast what's going to happen and, uh, make changes and kind of change the world how, in a way that you see fit. And so with Phenomena, I was like, all right, let's let's just get through it. And because well, finally I concluded I was like, all of her other books are amazing. they're all very, you know, they're not out there. They're all they're all backed by, you know, articles and and you know first person interviews and you know declassified data and sources and it's all the 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 T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. Dot the I's cross the T's. And so I was like all right, well, clearly there's going to be something in here interesting. So her book, Phenomena, which is about um, ESP and psychokinesis, which, if I'm getting it right, it's... One is the ability to, to like, to like see... It's either, like, see the future or, or kind of remote view, like see something else somewhere in the world. That's one side of it. And then the other side is, like, you can... And that change on the world with your mind and not in the way that like human beings do, like building roads and shit, but rather like one would be, you know, if I'm correct, ESP would be like you come up to me with a box and I don't know what's in it and you say view it and I see a spoon. That would be like ESP. And then psychokinesis is you would say do something to the spoon it wouldn't necessarily be that you you, you wouldn't be to, wouldn't be in a box you would just pick it up and go hold it in front of me and go do something to the spoon and you'd like bend it with your mind so that's that's the kind of the two categories it's like viewing something extrasensory perception that's what it is esp and then psychokinesis right you kind of make psycho and then kinetic kinesis right changing of the physical world <laughs> so i got into it and it you know i kind of got to the first part which i'd gotten up to several times like two or three chapters in And it was like, yeah, okay, the Nazis were interested in it. um, And we were bringing back this information because if the Soviets could use it, we want to be able to use it. And, but it started kind of going into more and more of like, all right, sure, the CIA was fucking with it. Just like, they fuck with everything to see if we can get something out of it. But it started to get like a little hairy when it was like, all right, they would, they would have these like neutrino detectors, which are like under concrete and inside Faraday cages. They're underground and they're to detect like neutrinos, which I, if I'm correct, are like massless particles. And I mean, you might see pictures of them like kind of present day ones that they, they look like these weird, it almost looks like a sci-fi movie set. They're like these weird underground, like spherical caverns. They're huge. And like the walls have all these like mirrors or balls on them. And it's like, they're full of water, and like scientists will be out there in like little kayaks. It's really sci-fi shit, and I just remember seeing like a picture of that years ago. Oh, my my washing machine stopping. Um, so it got a little hairy. Oh, it just stopped. All right, hold on. I gotta go start this. No, oh, there's no one a monologue, so um, I don't know. Fill the void by yourself, guys. Neutrinos, Annie Jacobson, phenomena. start that laundry machine my lawn my washer and dryer sucks so I gotta run them all twice and it takes like an hour to go through so I gotta <sighs> you want an organic podcast this is an organic podcast when I gotta run out of the room to start the washer dryer washer washer yeah so they had this thing that was like underground and it's like a neutrino detector and it's so that it blots out all other like all other particles and waves and what, I I don't understand it. And they brought in this, they brought in this guy and they were like, can you like change it? Can you like enact change on it? And it's this thing that's like shielded from everything. So whether they blasted it with microwaves or radio waves or x-rays or whether there's an EMP or what it's meant so that none of that gets through, it's only neutrinos. And so they have like the baseline, which is basically like a, like the Richter scale, right? So it's it's not exactly still, but it's you have your baseline where it's just like a little squiggly line back and forth, like the ink on the, on the paper, you know, with that like a lie detector thing. And they were like, "Can you, kind of?" And he was like, "Well, I need to know what it looks like so I can view it." And they were like, "That's well, that's actually classified. Like we can't even like beyond this test, we 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 actually can't tell you that." So he's like, all right. And so and this thing's below concrete and in a Faraday cage, underground. And he's there with Hal Putoff, who's like an esteemed physicist. And, uh, and Hal Putoff, I think he works for SRI. Like he works for one of these, or maybe SAIC. He works for one of these huge defense contractors. And he has for like 30, 40 years. Or if not longer, maybe 50. This guy's brilliant. I think he was in DARPA or skunk work. Or, I mean, he's just got the rap sheet. Is that the right word? Maybe resume? I don't know. I wonder if I could get Hal put off on here. I'm gonna make a note of that right now. Hal put off. Um. And so he's, you know, he's like, all right, and he starts like, the thing starts like deviating like wildly. And apparently, I mean, it's almost like a, it's almost like a scene from a movie. Apparently, one of this like, both scientists kind of just went, like went white. And one of them even like ran out of the building. It just, you know, kind of like this is. uh. Uh-uh. And they, they did tests like this before. They did tests with like viewing exact coordinates. And one time they were like, hey, view this area, like him coordinates. And the guy running the test was actually giving him. So that that first one was psychokinesis. He was affecting the thing. They did another test with another guy. And one of the generals in this, like, uh, classified program gave him coordinates to view, right? And what the guy viewing didn't know is it was the general's, like, lake house, right? And it's, a, you know, log cabin, wherever, out and wherever. And um, the guy starts viewing it. And at first, he's describing it correctly. You know, he's kind of describing the road. He's kind of described And then he's like, but he's more drawn to something like a mile down the road. And they're like, all right, go there. And he goes down and he's like a classified building and he's going in and he's describing like these different rooms and these different computers. And the general's like, this isn't, no, he's, there's, that's, you know, jokes on you. I give you my, you know, I gave you my lake house. What the general didn't know is that there was like a special access program of like hidden nuclear silos. They're the ones that the Soviets knew about, which they would obviously nuke. And then we had like hidden ones. And so they actually had to go searching within special access programs and they found out the general had no idea that he lived like a mile away from one of these like, I don't know if it's MX or Titan, one of these missile sites. And he's going in there and the guy's describing these like very classic. He's going in and he's describing like radio, like when he starts describing a missile and the general's like, no, there's not a 200 foot missile back here. Turns out there fucking was. And so, so now there's like two things that kind of, the, like The CIA takes over the program and then the NSA took it over and then the NSA actually made it a special access program with like levels inside of it. They go and describe it. I mean, it's like a, what those like Russian dolls? It's like they had these like three layers. They had a program and then inside of that they had a program and I know one of them was called grill flame and then inside of grill flame was, there was a program and inside of that program was grill frame, Gr- grill frame was grill, grill Flame inside of Grill Flame was a third program, and then inside of the third program there were three tiers. So it's just special access inside of special access inside of special access. Because now it's it's one thing when they're bending a spoon at a you know a dinner party. It's another thing when they're like, you know, think of a number between one and a hundred and they and they know it. And it's like, are these parlor tricks? It got very real after those two things. Cause that first one said is Here's a guy and he, the first one where he had to know what he was viewing or he had to know like, so not that cause. So obviously if you, if you want someone to view something without them knowing what it is, I have a box, what's inside of it. Is it a mouse? Is it a spoon? Is it a pair of dice? Obviously you're not going to tell them what it looks like. So, but that's not what they were doing with this. They want to know, can you affect change on the thing? So viewing something that you don't know is there is one thing, right? Missile silo by a cabin. The other thing is you want me to enact change on it. And so you, he has to know what he's looking at. So he didn't even know what he was looking at. He didn't know what this neutrino detector looked like. And he still managed to enact change on it in a way that physics, as we understand it, is impossible. And then he did it again several hours later and they let, the, let it go back to baseline. And they had no, they, they could not explain it. So there's a... Is he bending a spoon? No. Now it's a classified program that is also breaking down how we understand the laws of physics. So now it's now it's kind of in like the big leagues. Now it's like, hey, you're not, you know, you're not, you're not playing. You know, it's like if Spider Man existed, Spider Man wouldn't just be flying around New York. Like he would be seized by like national security like agents and like brought to DARPA. Like it wouldn't, it would go very quickly to like you have superhuman like capabilities and now we want Delta Force to have these. Like it wouldn't go about as just like, oh, look at this thing go. It went from parlor tricks, spoons, seeing things, think of a number between one and a hundred thousand to like, oh, you just, you can do this now. So very quickly goes like, oh, you know, you can see how many dollar bills I have in my wallet to now it's like. You can see what's inside, like, a you know, secure, compartment, secure compartmentalized information facility, a skiff, where you can see behind nuclear blast doors. And then the second one, obviously, so that, well, sorry, enacting change, right? So now it's not, he's bending a spoon. It's like, well, if you can fuck with that, well, their fear was, can you fuck with the guidance system of an ICBM? Paired with, can you find a missile silo with an ICBM? And he did. That the general didn't even know about none of the guys in the program knew about like no, normally you you know what the coordinates are the guy does not he found something at the coordinates that the guys running the test didn't know was there so now very quickly it's spider-man shooting webs to like spider-man you know how do we not know he's going to be at a presidential inauguration but if he's going to shoot it at some diplomat's head and yank back and break their neck it very quickly goes from like your friendly neighborhood Spider Man to like Mason. What are the numbers like? <laughs> like it very quickly goes to cold, and so this is all during the Cold War. So, and then the whole book is just examples of this, and they're each one's wilder than the next to the point where where Delta Force utilized it in the eighties for some you know uh, VIP uh, uh, terrorist kidnapping, I think somewhere in Italy. Like Delta Force utilized it. And then, the, the, so they used it during the uh, Iran hostage. I, I know I get passionate about subjects when we're 10 minutes in and my face is already red, just screaming about psychokinesis, which is. Did that. Did the washer not start? God, that. that, that such a piece of shit. Whatever. Um, so. It very quickly gets very real, and yeah. So Delta Force used it, and my logic is this: is they eventually said they stopped using it, which I just I think is bullshit. I think it probably went black. And oh yeah, and they used it in the Iranian hostage, and like they're asking them to like view where the hostages were, and like one of them was viewing something else. And they described it as like a raid going wrong. And and apparently they were viewing like the super Operation Eagle Claw when like we sent in like special operations forces and like their helicopter crashed in the desert. Like, again, so now they're viewing things that they weren't even asked to view. And so there's, so there's these huge national security issues. Well, okay, well, can you view the nuclear codes? Do you know where the nuclear subs are? I mean, the deterrent against uh, uh, thermonuclear Armageddon. Yeah, the, dish, the the washer's running. Um, I know everybody here is very uh, concerned about it. So, my logic is this: you know, what is what is? Bear with me. What is radar? Right, and you think back to like those World War One images where it's like it's, you've probably seen those pictures, and it's like these enormous they almost look like horns like lord of the rings horns but they're basically enormous ears i mean i mean the openings are, are 10 15 feet wide and they're you know they're 20 feet up and they're wrapped around themselves like almost like a conch shell and then it gets the tube gets thinner and thinner and thinner and it comes all the way down to the point where it's like the size of like uh like like earbuds and then there, you see like a soldier standing there and it's so they can hear everything, right? Like a deer's ears. I remember my dad always said, uh, you know, deer's have, their ears are like the best radar system in the world. So that's what like radar is, right? You could say like human sight. Being able to see... And then radar, then it gets amplified from now actually listening to, like, shooting, you know, bursts of energy out and reflecting and coming back. But it starts with an amplification of the ear. So you got this weird steampunk kind of Jules Verne thing, and then it turns into radar. You know, what is sight? It's seeing something. And then you get, like, uh, telescopes. I think uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about it in his book, Accessory to War. Kind of the marriage between, like, the science... uh the science culture, if you will, going back hundreds of years and the military, you know, we noticed know the military industrial complex, the scientific elite, the technocratic elite, Dwight D. Eisenhower on January 17 1961. But it goes back hundreds of years to like, well, if you can develop a, a telescope to look out, can you develop like a battlefield telescope? Well, now it became, well, now generals can use it, right? The, the imagery of, like, Napoleon, you know, with his, you know, his one looking out and seeing guys shooting cannons at each other and shit. And I just had something popping in my head. I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, shooting cannons at each other and shit. And then it turns into like spy cameras, right? And I mean, think of, uh, I've, I've had him on here a couple times, uh, active active service member, uh, Air Force Colonel Tyler Morton, Dr. Tyler Morton, PhD. In his book, um, from, from, from Kites to, what was it? From Kites to Spy Planes, I think. I always get it right. Kites to something in Cold War. It's about surveillance. And he goes back all the way to World War One beforehand, all the way up to like modern day. And you're right, using the U-2, the SR-71, reconnaissance, uh, ISR, intelligence surveillance reconnaissance. It's the human eye, right? Amplified, amplified, all the way up to, right, I mean, at least what was the last thing that classified? Corona, keyhole, hexagon, all those satellites. And those are 50 years old and those could read license plates back in the 60s. So it's the human eye, just jacked up to 11, right? Like the Hubble telescope, the deep field, the ultra deep field. So, right, so now we have ears, we have eyes, sniff, sniffers, right? I mean, we know about, you know, machines now, but I mean, in 1949, we we found out that Valenti Beria's kind of uh, brutal campaign to get the Soviets the uh, A-bomb worked in 1949 because off the coast of Alaska, aka close to Russia, we had the U.S. had a sniffer plane in 1949, probably doing just this, and they detected a cloud of radioactive fallout, and that's how we knew they had detonated it. wasn't It wasn't eyes on the ground. This is way before satellites. So what like the Hotel? I think that was the code name. Uh, none of the hotel satellites that could detect nuclear flash, the signature double flash. Um, so. What was I gonna say? I keep having a thought pop into my head. Um. So the sniffer plane is right. So sorry. So it wasn't it wasn't detecting things on the ground. It was it was actually like sniffing it. So now we have sniff. So we have the nose, we have the ears, we have the eyes. You could again say the ears with like sonar. The SOSIS net, which is like an underground radar, or not underground, underwater radar system. This like radar net we built all up and down the east and western coast of the United States so that we could detect Soviet subs. I can only imagine there's some amplification of taste, um, feeling, right, I would say that we'd probably have something that can like feel anything. But so what all these are, are amplifications of the human sense. And it's like what Ray Kurzweil, Kurzweil says. Um, my mouth is dry as fuck. It's what he says about <clears throat> the importance of moving uh, any field of science into a field of information science. Because once you do that, then you can jack up the rate of advancement. So like like building planes in 1902 versus World War One planes versus World War II planes versus like once we can start 3D modeling planes on computers, well now, because of Moore's Law, right? Technology doubling or computer chips doubling in capacity and their general power doubling every 18 months, now it's tied into the ability of, of computer ships to double every 18 months. So now, like flight testing has gone from the field to to computers, right? You could say the same with cars. Maybe you're testing airbags and side airbags, but once you can accurately 3D model one, then it's on a computer and the computer is subject to doubling in power every 18 months, right? That's what we use all the huge supercomputers for is basically nonstop. We're just running war games with thermonuclear weapons. I don't remember where I read that and I should probably have a source, but if I'm correct, very few things, we actually like use them for like scientific advance, at least the really high powered ones, the super advanced ones. We just use it to just run nonstop like war games where we would detonate nukes. Do the nukes work? But even there, I mean, so you you know, so we don't blow them up in the air or in the atmosphere or underground anymore. Granted that was a treaty, but still these are now subject to it, right? Um, what Ray Kurzweil says about biology. So it's it's one thing when we're using, you know, you know, let's chop up this plant and add this acid to it and give it to this guy and see if his liver shuts down. Hey, it doesn't, you know, cool. And it's like noted but it's a it's a very barbaric process versus once we can move it to gene sequence gene sequence gene sequencing why does that sound weird scene sequencing oh, okay not sequencing gene sequencing i got into medical school like the human genome project it took 13 years and at the halfway mark and i'm gonna get this wrong But I mean, but it was subject to exponential growth rate. So it was something like, I want to say like at year eight or nine out of 13, they had only gone through 50%. And they're like, there's no way we're going to finish this. Whoever's in charge is like, it's obeying Moore's law. And then sure enough, they finished on time. So with any of these things, once you can kind of equate it to, once you can kind of pull it into information processing. Then it gets like hijacked and it can start doubling up and, and doubling every 18 months. So you want to move it to a 3D modeling, not 3 model, a computer modeling. You want it intrinsically tied to that because that's the rate of change that's moving the fastest. And that's because we're all doing shit with phones and computers and, you know, bandwidth increases and internet increases. And so that one is the one that we as humans are really pushing forward faster than anything else. Right. Um, uh, Marshall McLuhan. Uh, humans are the sex organs of the machine world so Plus. Sorry, I'm, I'm expecting a phone, a phone call. I'm expecting a phone call. <laughs> Let me make sure it's not on silence because I'm a jackass who will absolutely put it on silence. Um, so you want it to be pulled into information processing. Okay. So now there's two themes that we've now gone over. One, transferring or not transferring, uh, building analogous machines to the human senses, radar. You know, it starts with the steampunk big ears and then it turns into actual like shooting energy out and bouncing it back. With eyesight, right? It starts with a telescope, again, some Jules Verne shit. Um, fuck, what was that Key and Peel <laughs> sketch where it's like if gangsters <laughs> were steampunk? Holy shit, That I forgot how funny that fucking sketch was. <laughs> you lemony, snicket-looking ass. So, right, so we go from ears to, I mean, right, early sniffing would be using dogs, like German shepherds. Then we actually have, like, planes that could detect. So all these, we used to have these weird, like, almost like javelins that we would release from planes, and then they had the sniffer apparatus on them, and they'd stab it in the ground, and then they'd send back data. But it was like I think it was nixed pretty quickly because they were like, this is so obvious. If someone just walking in Russia finds this just like, you know, this like gunmetal black <laughs> javelin <laughs> that's like ominously beeping. It's like that's not that didn't just happen. So Um and then so then all these things move from their 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 steampunk Jules Verne version, the big ears, the telescope, the German Shepherd sniffing they then move to a more uh, technologically advanced, an evolution, if you will, of them, right? So it goes from amplifying what you already have, the human ear with big ears, the human eye with a telescope, a German shepherd sniffing dog, to then it turns into an, an entirely new machine. That is, all those other things require hum, like a human user, and it's just your the human senses amplified big ears telescope right amplifying the eye amplifying the ear it then moves into a new thing entirely a new a building up entirely so now radar where there is no human ear it's you know it's a, it's a radar sweeping shooting out energy at different wavelengths and bouncing it back so like okay there's a new thing. Yes, humans still operate it, but now it's a new thing, and it's made of steel, and it doesn't require, like, a human with his ear to it. Instead, we see it visually. So now we're seeing sound visually on a radar scope, right? Every sweep. <sighs> Same with the sniffer plane, and I do not understand the technology and how that works. so I won't even try to. But right eyes. So it goes from a telescope to now a U-2 camera to now a hexagon satellite right, going in deeper and deeper and looking in, All right. So, it's very important to point out this kind of initial evolution. Human ear to the Jules Verne analogous human ear, that's still ultimately plugged into a human ear, to a new technology altogether, radar. Human eye to the Jules Verne steampunk telescope, to a new thing entirely, a U2 camera, a satellite camera. Again, like I said, I, I can't understand the sniffing thing, so I'm not going to try. Human, steampunk analogous to the brand new machine entirely. So that's one thing. Now back to the information processing. It is now obeying, once you can turn it into an information processing thing, so now the stronger radar, is now based on can we model it on a computer and how to make it more i don't know shit about radar how do we use more efficient i don't know energy outbursts do we does it spin faster do we use different materials Is a material science is a meta metallurgical thing same with lenses different optic lenses how are we doing it can we absorb in different spectra right since now it's not even the telescope now it's like well do we even have to look at it in visible light Right, because what's a what's a human limitation? We can't see through clouds. Well, fuck it. Do IR. Do thermal. Do X-ray. Do gamma. Right. You, so you do all the do UV. So you start to see it in different ways. So now these things are starting to bend, kind of even further past. Right. And then again, once you start modeling them on computers, now they are now they're obeying uh, information processing technology. So now every 18 months when it gets better, now these by default get better. All right. So we have that three-tier evolution, the human thing, the Jules Verne thing, and then the new machine entirely. Now obeying, and then the other kind of column two is now obeying information processing. Okay. If something like ESP and psychokinesis through double-blind placebo, no ifs, ands, or buts about it and some classified program found that it is real, well, then the only thing that, or at least not only, let's not let's not pigeonhole ourselves. Let's, what we could conclude is that these are human senses. All right? They're not as obvious as an ear or a nose or a mouth, right? These flappy cartilaginous things that it's like they're very, very clearly do something. But what you could do through functional magnetic resonance imaging, fMRIs, Is you could actually, or nuclear spectroscopy, which I don't know how that works. You could take these individuals and like when they put like an fMRI helmet on you and they play a song and they see the parts of your brain that are, you know, correlated to music or sound and they see those light up and then they, you know. They put a you know a freshly cut orange under your nose and you smell that and they see those parts. they see your eyes and you know what part maybe you see food and they see the parts related to your glands, right or you know an attractive woman they see like the sexual organs, right? So you map the human brain. you can see what's pop, 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 how it's happening. What you would do is you would do an fMRI and try to find what is the mode of action, what part of the brain. Is there a field that we're maybe not detecting like neutrinos or something or like before we had any technology just as, you know, unimaginable something like X-ray vision or gamma ray vision or seeing things in thermal or IR, even though we were awash in it for all of human history, all of universe history, we didn't know it until we could detect it. And all of a sudden we realized it has been there the whole time is find that. So what is, is it a field? What part of the brain's detecting it? Is there another organ like the ear or the nose or the mouth? Is it something deep in the brain? Is it not in a traditional thing? Is it not like a clearly like a chunk of cartilage in the middle of your brain? It's like, well, what's that thing? I don't know. Maybe it's something more like the inner, the inside of your ear with balance, right? There's like three molecules that kind of are bouncing around and in the incus, the malleus, the stapes, those little tiny bones, something to do with balance. Like Maybe it's something so infinitesimal that it's not as obvious as an ear. Maybe it's fluctuations in, like, neutrinos. I don't fucking know. It's it's something. And just like, and we're now we're getting out there, but if you could find a way through functional magnetic, magnetic resonance imaging and then maybe, like, looking at it in every possible wavelength, you could maybe find, unless it's just magic, in which case all this is out the window, you could find what part of the brain is accessing that, and hopefully what it is that it's accessing. Is it a field? Is it I mean it would have to be some sort of field or like wavelength, right? Maybe it's just another wavelength. And just like we could never imagine thermal vision, maybe there's just something else. And it's just called ESP vision. And it's actually it's nothing, you know, fantastic at all. Well, it is fantastic, but it's just a science that we're oblivious to. Like cavemen were oblivious to Wi Fi. So what you could then do is you go back to step one, the ears, the nose, the eyes, the mouth, whatever. Find that, let's just say there's something in the brain. Let's just, I don't know what. just say it's a layer of tissue, just something we can wrap our minds around, right? No pun intended. We could then take that. Now, how do we amplify that? So how do we make our, like, our Mark 1, our Gen 1 uh, Jules Verne shit? Well, uh, we would maybe, I don't know, find some, once we can detect the field, it would, I don't know, maybe you take this guy that has ESP capabilities and maybe you then enhance them like the giant radar dish or the, you know, the Jules Verne telescope. I don't know, maybe some sort of helmet, right? Maybe some sort of helmet helps conduct it better. I don't know. Maybe they find, I don't know, like a tungsten helmet or so like an osmium titanium alloy. I have no idea. Or maybe it's the absence of that. Maybe it's being in a Faraday cage. Maybe that enhances it. Who knows? So, this would be our, our first generation kind of steampunk shit. Then you would go much like from the, the ear to the ear, the big metal ears to a whole new thing entirely. Remember that third jump into a new technology entirely radar, or from the eye to the telescope and the eye to the camera. You would go from first detecting. So we got to go all the way back to step one. At least we have to find the actual sense organ that is doing it. Step two would be how do we amplify that like some steampunk shit, probably a helmet or a cage or I don't know. And then step three would be take that technology or sorry, take that steampunk apparatus and then turn it in, make that jump into the new technology some sort of machine, some sort of device. I don't know what it would be. Just some sort of like a radar or like an eye, which would probably be the easier part. The hard part would be detecting what part of the brain detects it and the field. The next hard part would be how do we amplify it? That steampunk shit. And then the third layer, right? And I know I keep repeating myself, but right. Eye to the telescope. Then you make that third jump to the camera, the ear, the big steampunk ear to a radar, you go from that, so we have first. We got to figure out. So again, we're. I know I'm repeating myself, but we already have a leg up with the ears and the nose, and the, like we know what they are. We have for all of human history. This one is, you know, we are behind the eight ball because we got to go in and actually figure out what it is that it's sensing it. Not only that, we have to figure out what is. So we have to figure out the organ that is sensing it, and then what is it that it is sensing. So like we get a leg up, right? We know about the ear, and then we also know about sound waves. We know about the eye, and we know about electromagnetic waves. So we already have like a leg up on these, right? We know about the olfactory functions. So we're starting at like step negative one. You go in, and the first thing you have to do is try to detect, and I'm not sure which would come first, or maybe if you found one and the other would then imply the other. But you would find the equivalent to the ear, the ESP ear, or, or the psychokinesis eye, or whatever the fuck it is. And then maybe it would happen at the same time. You then detect the field. Is it sound waves? Is it electromagnetic waves? Is it olfactory particles? Maybe you detect those first, and then that implies the organ in the brain. So once we do that, now we're at level one, the eye, the ear, the mouth. Level two would be the big steampunk ears, the telescope, whatever. So that would be the sort of kind of apparatus that we're putting on these ESP, you know, savants. Number three would be the creation of the radar, creation of the camera that can see in different wavelengths. It would be a device. I have no idea what that device would look like. You know, cameras kind of resemble an eye, right? I mean, I'm looking at mine right now. It kind of resembles an eye. Um, Radar systems kind of resemble ears, right? A big curve thing. They kind of do. I don't know. Maybe it would resemble something like a like a brain. I don't know. Maybe it'd be like a weird gelatinous machine, like a synthetic gelatin. I have no idea. All right. So we'd have to get to that step one where we detect the part of the brain and then what it is that it's detecting, right? Ear detects sound waves. Eye detects electromagnetic waves. So thing in brain, we'll just call it, I, I, I don't, sixth sense. And then we'd have to detect the actual thing that it's detecting. We'll call it sixth sense sixth wave i have no idea Sixth cents and sixth wave then you would amplify that with metal or like i said a cage i don't know and then the third would be the jump to the artificial the jump from the steampunk ears to the radar from the steampunk telescope to the camera from the steampunk esp apparatus to whatever it is i'm thinking of like uh ex mahina where right they have like software hardware and he develops wetware and it's that weird synthetic kind of brain Maybe it would be something like that. It would be some DARPA wetware. Well, now, and this is the purpose of this whole topic, this whole discussion, this whole schizophrenic solo rant, is once we have that and model it, well, it probably was modeled on a supercomputer, it's probably not, we have to learn how to model it on the supercomputer, It's probably was born there. Well, that is now subject to Moore's Law and all the black funding you need. So like an eye to the telescope, to the camera, to the U2 camera, to the hexagon keyhole corona satellite cameras seeing in different wavelengths, reading, you know, license plates from the fucking moon or whatever they're doing. Or radar being able to detect every little thing, the SOSIS net in the ocean detecting nuclear subs. Well, if you could use this, you could view everything. Because you'd be taking that, and then much like even the best human eye with 2020 vision, 2010 vision versus the best human eye with the best telescope is nothing compared to a U-2 camera, which is nothing compared to a satellite camera. This would be ESP dialed up to a trillion. You could detect anything. If a guy with an unhoned skill could find a special access program nuclear weapon silo, then uh, you know that's the equivalent to like some circus show like he has the best ears. He can hear a butterfly's wings flapping. That's nothing compared to radar that can detect bombers 3,000 miles onto the horizon. He has the best eyesight. He can pick out an acorn from a pile of brown leaves. That's nothing compared to a satellite reading a license plate from 30,000 miles up. So even the best ESP psychokinesis guy detecting the nuclear missile silo, uh, enacting change on that neutrino detector, would be nothing, would be nothing compared to this, this wet works sixth sense detecting the sixth wave thing. you would keep it secret because everyone knows about optics so we would, we keep that technology secret but it's not like optics themselves are classified like the KGB is going to do it right like that was the whole problem with the a bomb was like the science wasn't secret like how we did it was but given enough time like the laws of physics laws of physics are the same eventually given enough time every nation's going to master it this is something that is not, like, intuitive. You would keep it quiet. You would, you know, you would publicly mock it and ridicule it. Oh, you know, oh, ooh, what is it, a wizard? Where's your crystal ball? You could just keep it completely classified. Which, but, but regardless, classified or not, whatever. A-bomb, classified or not. I mean, we only started making art, developing our A-bomb after we found that the Germans were developing theirs, but they're weird, those weird like graphite, like those cubes and heavy water shit. Leo Szilard, The Winter Fortress by Neil Bascombe, like. So the next best thing is if you can't keep it silent or classified, you at least want to master it before anyone else, right? Just like we mastered the A-bomb before anyone else master the hydrogen bomb before anyone else i mean man take that thing i mean you 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 could see everyone everywhere there would be no hiding there would be no such thing as classification fuck quantum encryption you could just go in and read the unencrypted message on the other side you could do anything fuck directed energy weapons if you could bend a spoon with your mind you could just turn off the guidance system on a russian nuke and now and this is the sort of this is the this is the sort of orgasm culmination of the solar rant what happens when hyper intelligent ai gets a hold of that Wetworks sixth sense, sixth wave technology. Because up until now, it's still humans using this thing. What happens when AI uses it? it? It could be 50 chess moves ahead. There would truly be nothing you could do to stop it, in which case you could even argue that AI at this moment is already in charge. We wouldn't know. It would be so far ahead. Everything you did would be—you'd be falling into one of its plans. But fuck it. Let's not even go with the sci-fi. Let's just go back to: Does this technology exist? Is this thing in some ten-mile-deep bunker under NORAD, and it is like the most classified program of all? Fuck UFO technology. Okay, cool. You can fly around real fast. Imagine something where you could—you could. There is, you know, slight looking ahead in the oh that was a thing that i haven't even touched on one of the things they could do is they could kind of detect things like not a whole lot but like a couple minutes before they happened i can't can't believe i completely forgot to touch on that esp psychokinesis and then i think actual i guess like uh what is it premonition seeing the future and again they explained it scientifically by saying you know could it have something to do with tachyons could it have something to do with you know like you drop a rock in the middle of the lake and things ripple outwards from it. When an event happens in space-time, like tachyons ripple out from it in all directions, including backwards in time. So like an event in the future is actually sending tachyons back in time. Could these sort of ESP-sensitive individuals be able to detect those things? Again, go back through all the same steps, find the organ, find the actual field it's detecting, steampunk amplification, and then turn it into a machine, and the machine goes into information technology. So throw that into this wetware kind of Synthetic DARPA brain, and it's seeing the future, and it can see anything, and it can enact physical change. It could see things in the future, and then use that jacked up spoon bending technology to either avoid those things and put us on some new parallel timeline, or it could see something it likes and use everything in its power to ensure it happens and perhaps ensure that it happens to a bigger degree, whatever that thing is, an explosion, a fucking investment. I I don't know. So it could see anything, like seeing the nuclear silo. It could physically affect change on the world. Because none of this, it still matters, but it, it matters a lot less when you, no, 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 I'd take that back. But the very fact that it could then change, the, alter them, you know, with zero fingerprint, you don't, there's not like evidence that it sees the future, it sees a nuclear missile silo somewhere, and then we have to use directed energy weapons or hit it with a missile or a bomb or send in Delta Force. It's very obvious that we did something. It's one thing to be able to see it without a satellite, just remote viewing it. It's a whole other thing to be able to affect it with, with uh, psychokinesis with the zero fingerprint. And then third, you would get, you could see it in the future through premonition. This sort of, again, not magic, but if this thing was all, you know, basically reverse engineered, broken down and amplified, the organ, the sense that, or the field that it's detecting, the Jules Verne phase, the the machine phase, and then finally the fourth thing is applied to information technology. And then the fifth would be AI taking it over. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Defining what it is, the ear and acoustics, right? That's step one. Step two is Jules Verning it. Step three is turning it into radar. Step four is having that radar then become obedient to information technology progression through Moore's law. Step five is A.I. taking it over. Step one is the eye and what it sees, electromagnetic waves. Step two is the telescope. Step three is turning it into a machine, a camera, a satellite, a U-2. Step four is making that obey information technology and then, and then advancing every 18 months per Moore's law. Step five is AI taking it over. Same thing with sniffing, same thing with tasting, same thing with touching. Go through those five steps. And then it would also be the part of the brain, right? The organ, the thing that detects it and the field that it's detecting. Step two is Jules Verning it. Step three is uh, turning it into a machine. Step four is that machine obeying Moore's Law, through information technology, step five is AI taking over. I mean, what, I mean, what if it would be so... There's, like, one thing I always point back to, and it's how, like, the future progresses, but it never progresses in the way we think it is, which is the most bullshit blanket statement ever. Early bird gets the worm. Like, that's not, okay, yeah, and what goes up must come down. It's not some brilliant observation. But rather, like, way back in the day, we thought everyone was going to have their own personal hot air balloon. So what is it saying, though? It's saying that everyone will have access to air travel. Now, how did that play out? It played out with, you know, affordable commercial flight. You know, everyone will have their own horse and buggy. Well, what was it implying? We all have our own, like faster than foot, you know, ground travel. How did it play out? We all got cars. Everyone will be able to, uh, like, there are old, like, you know, 1900s. Like, everything I'm referring to is like there's there's this this magazine article from 1900, and it was predictions about the year 2000. The other thing was like um, was firefighters, and they had these like leather wings. That were like, I know I've said it a thousand times, but they were like these Jules Verne steampunk shit, like these mechanical wings that they could like flex their arms and they'd fly. And it showed them up on high rises, which at the time were like 10 stories. And it's like, they'll be able to put out fires in the air. But like, what was was it implying using flight to fight fires from above as opposed to just from the side spraying it with a hose? How did it play out, you know? Planes dropping fire suppressants on forest fires, right? Wasn't necessarily wings, but it was still fighting fire from the air. Another one was uh, they had this, like, they had this, like, uh, it looked like a big, like, grinding, like, something you'd throw trash into, but you could just dump books into it, and then it was, like, connected to a tube, which was just on, like, a plate on your head. The idea was that you could access all these books. How did it play out? Like the internet, Wikipedia, Audible, podcasts, right? So they were correct, but the exact mode in which they predicted these things didn't come out the same way. But they they still happened. So we always predict what's the future going to be like some omnipotent power using technology it might not be a mach 10 spy plane versus a mach 20 spy plane like it might we might be talking about firefighters with leather wings like it might not be that encryption double encryption quantum encryption it might not be that it might be some form of wetware jacked into a supercomputer detecting tachyons in remote viewing now it would still be the same, a super advanced power, but not in the way we thought it was. I'm glad I did this solo rant. I needed to flesh out all those thoughts for myself more than anything, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just kind of a side effect that you guys get to listen to it. Get to listen to it. What a fucking douchey thing to say. You get to listen to it. You get to listen to my thoughts. What a fucking douchey, egotistical thing to say. But um. Yeah, get the book Phenomena by Annie Jacobson. You may be wondering, oh, when's she coming on? She's not. I've reached out to her like a hundred times in the last year and a half, and she will not respond. And uh, I mean, she's been on Rogan, but now I do have two Rogan guests in my library: Howard Bloom and Dr. Lindsay Fitzharris. But um, who knows? Maybe I'll maybe I'll get I'll get her as well. I hope to. Um, I did get in touch with one of the people in her book, Uri Geller, uh, who lives in Israel, friends with Netanyahu, and he works with the Mossad. I did get in touch with him, and he said thank you, but no thank you. So that was cool. Um, but uh, yeah, some food for thought. Um, I've been saying that book to people and asking them to listen to it so I could have this discussion with them. And then finally it was just like fuck it, let's just do a solo rant and start screaming at the camera. Um so yeah, get it phenomena by Annie Jacobson. It's phenomenal. <laughs> <sighs> Forgive me. And um Yeah. Hope you guys enjoy it. Peace. Recording stops.